Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me I have Don Terrell. Blake is at an undisclosed location. Uh, he will not be joining us today, much to our sorrow. I hope but he's not in the same location I was. I am undisclosed. 100% certain that he is not he in the same location. Not. I have been <laughs> super sick at my undisclosed location. Actually, we can disclose it now. It was at my house. <laughs> in, in his bedroom for <laughs> three weeks. Uh, at my house, we've been quarantining way before quarantining was ever in the headlines or even ever a thing. So now it's so weird because Julie would be like, yeah, Don's being, we got him quarantined. Immediately when you when you say quarantine, yeah. you think <gasps> the COVID boogeyman has got, got him yeah. and like wrestling to the ground. Which, I don't know, I was pretty sick. But we always quarantine at my house. Yeah, I remember early on when I met you, somebody had the stomach virus yeah. in your house. but And you were like, no, none of us go anywhere. Because we don't hate people. Yeah. <laughs> and the person that's sick goes into a room and Lockdown. they do not exit. Yep. I mean, Julie's been so sick before and stir crazy that I was like walking around the house and our bedroom windows are open to the backyard. Yeah. And so she was literally like hands pressed on the window <laughs> and mouthing help. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me out. Yeah. So right when I got well, so I missed church actually, what, two weeks? I was on lockdown two I weeks. I don't know, bro. Long. I think I, you may have missed it for three. No, it was two. So two. Okay. Two weeks. I was sick. It would never go away. So finally I get well and I get out of the bedroom on a Saturday, knowing that I could not even fathom standing. Like, I knew Sunday was off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bailey on Sunday morning wakes up the next day, and he's like, I don't think I told you this. No, I don't know. He's like, I don't feel well. Oh, no, he was so scared. He was so scared. I go, what's going on? He's like, my throat hurts. And I was like, ooh, that was how it started for me. Yeah. And I go, he goes, but my throat hurts. And I said, uh, open up. Let me see. And, dude, he's got no tonsils, and he Ooh. had a case. I knew it right away. I was like, that's strep throat, dude. Uh. So he went up on a Sunday at 1 o'clock as soon as the little medical clinic opened and got diagnosed with strep throat. I didn't throat. know about this. Yeah, you didn't yeah. tell me this. And so he, I'm out of quarantine. He comes home immediately quarantines mm. in his bedroom and then wakes up on Monday and it's like, I'm going back to Startville. Because he was fine. No, he was not fine. Oh, he just wanted to go back to Startville? He, he had to take a test on Tuesday. Um, do you realize, like, if I'm sick? Oh, no, I don't do anything. I, I mean, I was blown away that a 20-year-old would full-blown strep throat, running fever. But you know what I wanted? More than anything. What's that? I wanted him out of my house. Get out. I don't Don't you share <laughs> yeah. this. Get out of my house. <laughs> I cannot take being sick again. I might die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I love you, but if you've made the independent decision. To You're bounce, a grown man. You're a it. grown man. Get out. <laughs> so he's back. Uh, he came back. So he's gone a week, and it, like, took all week for his fever to break, and, like, he was sick. Did he the take the test room. in yes, the class? He took the Yes. He went to the class yes. with it? Oh, uh, he's ground zero. I know. Yeah, that's a bad so idea. So he, go, he goes, dude, these pills. So we're sitting at the yeah, house, yeah. and he's eating breakfast, and he's like, these pills, man, are terrible. And I go, what'd they give you? And he goes, amoxicillin. And oh. I go, oh, dude, those are the pills I had. Are yours pink? Remember? Oh, yeah, I do remember the pink <laughs> pills. <laughs> what I, was that one? Pink pills and what? Pink pills and true Israel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I go, are yours pink? And he goes, no. And But they were the same dosage, the same medicine. They're ginormous pills. They're ginormous. They're ginormous. And white. Ugh, that's Not the ones I always inviting. get. And so we ended up having like this long discussion. I go, dude, I did an entire podcast on the deception of the pink pills yep. and how they're like so inviting. Yeah. And I said, at least yours are, you know, white. Yeah, I mean, yeah. White. They're just, I guess, neutral. Stay far, far away. Yeah, don't touch me. Because after like day seven, your intestinal fortitude with those pills, like oh no, there every like looking at them makes you want to yeah, throw yeah. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about when Beth and I first got married? Beth and mine's first like two months of marriage was rough. So we got married. Meaning. 
so we got married in December. I had I had finals the next week at Mid America, and then right after those finals, we went on our honeymoons. We went on our honeymoon. Whenever I think about the stories that you tell me, and I don't know the locations, I always think of like super random places in Mississippi. Like so, me and Beth got married in Noxubee, Mississippi, Rolling Fork, <laughs> okay, Rolling Fork, <laughs> which is still just yeah, yeah. obscure in uh, Sharkey, Sequina County. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it carries. So, um, but then, so we went. So we went on our our honeymoon. We went to uh, Gatlinburg, stayed in a. Okay. Uh, we're in Tennessee condo. now. Yeah, we're in Tennessee. Exactly where that is. Yeah, so. We go on this, and I'm, and it, you know, we have a week. It was nice. It was we got we got snowed in while we were there, um, and then we left. We went to a conference in Atlanta. Like this was a youth thing. We went to right afterward. So I get to the conference, and I get and I get tonsillitis. Mm. Like Do running, you still have your tonsils? Yeah, obviously. If you have yeah. Tonsillitis. So running like a hundred and three, can't swallow. My throat feels Do like. You death. regret having your tonsils. I do. If I, I if none. I if I didn't have my tonsils, I wouldn't have have had to experience this. And I rarely think back on moments and think if I could have been spared that event. I for two weeks my tonsils were so were so swollen that all I could eat was soup. Wow, it was crazy. And, and this I, is on your honeymoon. So right after our honeymoon, we went to this conference. Oh, okay. And I had to like track. So like with this fever and my tonsils, I had to track down an eighteen-year-old boy who got lost in a crowd of forty thousand people. I mean, and the I, whole time you should have been quarantining for sure. Well, I mean, it, what, it clearly wasn't contagious. Beth never got it or anything like that. But it was a three-week tonsillitis. I went to the doctor, and they were like, yeah, you have tonsillitis. And I was like, thank you. What do we do? He said, you take this medicine and hope for the best. I was like, fantastic. And so Beth, after like a month of marriage, it was like, I'm done with this. Boy. I'm done with I mean, you know, I, I really did feel bad. Julie packed up and went to her mom. I heard this. I heard this. <laughs> I laughed I so hard. Noelle showed up. Uh, Noelle showed up for, for, uh, for church, and I was like, where's your mom? And she said, <laughs> Oh, uh, she went to her mom. She, <laughs> she was done. Out. She's gone. <laughs> I'm out. She a break. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So. Reese, so, Don, what are we doing today? Oh, we're not. I ready. really forgot, but I but no, oh, I did that at the wrong. beginning. It's been, you've been gone forever. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, uh, Lawson was recently on another podcast. What podcast was it? It was good. It was Good Doctrine's <laughs> podcast on Go to Church. Yeah, well, you guys over at Good Doctrine, if you're listening right now, I, we know what you did. You took the front end of our shenanigans of our episode, our proprietary copyrighted material, <laughs> and edited it. All I've got to say, Sean, I don't even know who you are. Sean. <laughs> he call him the Frenchman. The Frenchman. Yeah, I know what you did. There will. Be I didn't even notice that. You should bring it up next time you're over there. I'll do that. Tell tell them Don's got a bone to pick. They do want to have a collaborative episode oh, of do? all of us. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll be not. I'll be nicer. Because you want to go do it. See, like the yeah. whole thing here is you're all like you're do like is you're on it. you're on that podcast again. It's like I want to go. Well, I just want to make them laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So we are meet up Mercy Hill in Mississippi. Oh. But it's. What did Blake call it? We are. It's the rendezvous. The rendezvous at the, the rendezvous. Mercy Hill rendezvous at the rendezvous. Yeah, which I like because it could have been meet up Mercy Hill. You in missed. You actually missed the day that he started this in the announcements. Mm-hmm. He probably said rendezvous thirty times oh, nice. in a Just minute. Just drive it home. I mean, it was. It was a lot. Okay, so a lot of people have been coming up to me and asking, like, why in the world did we choose Rendezvous? And so I said... Because everybody in Memphis has a strong opinion about barbecue. They do. It's polarizing. It's things that we get inflamed about. And so, really, my opinion is the Rendezvous is kind of synonymous with, like, Memphis in the same way Graceland is. Yeah, you fair. go there. It's a landmark, and normally you're highly disappointed when you leave. I totally disagree that with <laughs> that statement. <laughs> so what we're gonna do as part of this rendezvous is we are going to for those that are gonna be in attendance because this episode will drop before we go. Yeah, those who are gonna be in attendance, you will have the opportunity to vote. Oh, so this is the referendum on the rendezvous. Okay. Lawson, tell us what you think about the rendezvous. I think ribs. I think that rendezvous dry ribs, and okay. I'm being very specific because everybody has different opinions okay. on barbecue. I think that rendezvous dry ribs are next to none. Okay. They're my favorite. Okay. So we will have And a, their sausage and cheese plate too. 
Okay, so we'll have a survey that has two things. If you ate the dry rib, you're gonna fill out a survey. We're gonna, barbecue, uh, you'll get a vote. Was that rib next to none? These are your words. Yeah, these are okay. my words. Yes, no. Yeah. True, false. Yeah. And then was the sausage and rib plate? What sausage what, and cheese plate? Excuse me, sausage and rib, sausage and cheese plate. What, what's your, what's your proclamation over that? Next to none. Yeah. I know, that, so when it's, it's, same it's simple. It's none. really, it's, you know, sausage and cheese plate's simple. Yeah. But it's an incredibly simple thing. And it's fantastic. It They're just amazing. The sausage and cheese plate. I'm yeah. a huge fan. They're I, so good. At this point, I'm in a dilemma. I yeah. think we all will be in a dilemma. Do we want to vote? And if you want to vote, you're going to have to go and order. You the, have to order the dry the ribs. ribs dry. But I, I think you're crazy if you order anything else. I will say this Beth and Their I. nachos? Beth says their barbecue nachos are fantastic. They are. They're just so I'm gonna, good. I'm going to be hard pressed yeah. not to get. See, everybody talks about centrals, and I think centrals are terrible. They're well, barbecue we were so nachos. everybody's been coming up to me and be like, "Why in the world are we going?" Yeah. So I said, "Well, I've got this little bit that we're going to do to try to make it fun because, as it turns out, a Providence would have it. We're going to the rendezvous because the rendezvous would actually take tabletop reservations yeah. for a group our size and not charge us. And yeah. every other barbecue place wanted like five hundred dollars for us That's to reserve insane. a room. And a lot of people here." that go on the meetups are very OCD and they want to know we have reservations. And by a lot of people, <laughs> you mean one really outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> All right. Um, so with that, let us lick the silver spoon clean. I don't like that. You were raised to like nice things, weren't you? As a child? I had a very... Tell us. So yes... But I had a I had I had a very unique upbringing because I had uh probably what would be somewhat considered like m- middle high class mm-hmm. is that would that be probably right teachers you say both my the household that I grew up in my mom was a speech pathologist uh, my stepdad was a teacher at first then he was an athletic director and then he was a superintendent. Okay. Uh, no, not, not a superintendent, a headmaster. Um, and then my dad is an attorney, and so I kind of had a really interesting dual perspective. I don't know if that makes sense. So you got showered triple income is what you're saying. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 right. yeah, 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 sure. So what does that mean, like raised with a silver spoon? Like when you think about... A lot of th- uh, stuff was given to you. That's the way I always so think about it. So what was your experience? Because like, I've, I've remarked, uh, yeah. I was raised to like nice things. Yeah. So I've always teased Lawson. I was like, and I, I love the fact that you were raised to know the difference between. Like, and I oh, guess, I know what we were talking about. Like, like he's super outspoken on the things that he's <laughs> passionate about. Yeah. And I appreciate that yeah. because you've had, you believe you've had a litany of experiences that makes you an expert. And it, yeah. He just called me an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that you've had a lot of experiences. So yeah, tell us what that means for you. Like, what do you mean? I'm sorry, I'm I'm lost. So what do you mean, like, like an you you've had enough ribs in your life? Oh yeah, to know that the rendezvous. Yeah, I, I've I've well, had a substantial you, amount of ribs. Okay. Yeah. Though and how how though, did the, the formulation of my affection for rendezvous ribs mm-hmm. probably is rooted in the fact that that's what I longed for every time I finished chemotherapy. Oh really? Yeah. When I finished chemo, it was like my dad and I would get in the car. We'd go to rendezvous. We'd eat a cheese plate. We'd eat ribs. Wow. So that that might reinforce my great affection for it. Well, you know what's interesting is is most of the time, it's more common, I think, for people that find food while they're on chemo mm. that they never touch it again after chemo. Taco Bell. Oh, that was your food. Taco Bell was one of the only things that tasted normal when I was in chemo. They, they tell you that, like at Saint Jude, they said Taco Bell will taste normal to you. Everything else tasted kind of whack. Yeah, no, really, it's because because I don't know. And so I ate Taco Bell all the time. Wow. But I haven't talked about this in forever. So what did you get at Taco Bell? Uh, three soft shell tacos, meat and cheese only, with the uh, hot sauce. My dad used to bribe the nurses to let us in early yeah. with cheese plates from uh, Rendezvous. Oh, really? He would leave and go get them, and he'd, and he'd put them in. Because there, there was a rule, and you weren't supposed to leave your child with cancer <laughs> by themselves. Right. We broke that rule regularly. And uh, and so dad would be like, here's three or four sausage and cheese plates for the nurse's station. Huh. And, yeah. 
and we were always like the first ones in to get the medicine and stuff like that. So do you think, this is a random question, do you think that you having cancer and getting over, like going into remission, caused you to be like showered with more, you know, like make-a-wish experiences or just things where people felt as if they were trying to make up for lost time in a sense? Like, do you Um, think that that... That added to it. So the make a wish. I mean, we're making you out to be like, <laughs> I know, right? Like <laughs> a robe and yeah, a crown. it's like I mean, it's really not. I actually <laughs> was was born overladen with gold. Um, the uh, <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable right I now. I love the persona. Um, of the building. <laughs> no, but uh, my make a wish. I got a laptop. Did you sell your yacht? I know, right? Yeah. Um, my make a wish. My make a wish was a laptop. You did a make a wish. Yeah. Holy moly! And that's all you went for? Yeah, it was, it was really ignorant. Yeah, oh, that is so lost. And my dad, my dad and my mom really pushed me to do something better. Mm-hmm. But the, but you know everybody's like, do a trip, do this. But I was not interested in any of that. You know what I wanted to do? And I and I was largely thinking practically. It's like day one, I walk into chemotherapy, and it's like, you know what I want? I want a computer to play video games on while I'm sitting here receiving wow. chemotherapy. And so that's what I got. Wow. Yeah. Um. But. No, I think the only thing that it spared me from was mowing the yard. Seriously. That's it. Oh yeah. Um huh. I mean, my my parents did everything they could to make sure that I experienced a normal year amidst my chemotherapy. I went to school, I took tests, yeah. I had one week off of school while my accounts went back up. Uh-huh. Um huh. Yeah. You know, I think like for I remember getting a spanking while I was in chemo. Really? Yeah, I deserved I it. I think sometimes, like, the experience is, hey, we'll, we won't get an opportunity, you know, like, it's a it's a doomsday thought, right, where it's yeah. like, hey, this person's not going to make it to receive <laughs> all the inheritance, all the things yeah, that yeah. get, you know, so let's shower them now and yeah. make sure that they get full advantage of, <laughs> no, that no. wasn't yours. No, I mean, like, I was forced to take tennis lessons. I didn't want to play tennis. I'm so glad I was forced to take take tennis lessons because I love tennis. Like all of that stuff that I think I, I don't know what probably changed from my from my life before and after chemo. I spent a lot more time with my parents. Well, that's pretty consistent. That that's but that's my family. My family's always been that way. You're you're gonna you have responsibilities. I'm sorry. This is your lot. You're gonna press through it. That's where we are. Wow. I, I would argue that I had excellent parents. All right, so how does all this tie together today? So we missed it with, so what are we doing? Yeah. So today, we always say that this podcast is specifically for absolutely the people of Mercy Hill. Yeah. And if you find yourself entertained or blessed by Products of Grace, I mean, we we welcome that. Yeah. That's, that's uh, part of the goal here. But... We've been working through Romans. Yeah. And so we just now finished... Our 30th sermon. Which is the end of chapter four? Nope. We got no. one more. We got one more? I finished four this week. But we read all of chapter four. Oh, yeah. We've been yeah. reading all of chapter four. So we're currently reading all of chapter four. So I thought today we will do a referendum on... An uh, up-to-date referendum on Romans. Okay. So kind of some big, like, you know, we often, you know we said before, like, and I've heard you say... Preaching through uh, John changed me. Oh, yeah, forever. You know, like forever. And so we're, you know, a lot of times we operate in quarters, the yeah. first quarter of the year, the second quarter. So we've made it through essentially the reading of four chapters. <coughs> and so I thought, hey, let's come up for air today because I've got some, I thought, you know, yeah. we've been talking through, I think uh, amidst the congregation, just, you know, hearing uh, the, the different I guess aha moments. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. I mean, just things in which made oh, it clicks. Yeah, that's the way like I think about it. Yeah. on you. Um. All right, so I'm gonna share one. Okay. Okay. This will get us kicked off. Okay. You'll like this. Um. Lawson, you've said this is uh, Don's crazy moment, but I actually had lunch today with a uh, sweet, sweet man, and the more I share this with people. There's no pushback. Yeah. <laughs> None. You're it. You're the only one. So I thought, you know what? We got to get the, I've got to get this thought out to the masses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they can have a referendum on like this thought. All right. So prior to 
So obviously Abraham is a central figure yeah, in the early part of Romans. Yes, yeah, yeah for uh, sure. I mean, really, his life carries all the way through. But you're yeah. faced literally with look at him. Yes, yeah, like the father look of at faith. Him, yeah. Here he is. Look at him. Study his life, and here's what exegetically is happening in this narrative. Like Paul puts the framework around it. Yeah. To say, perceive and behold. Yeah. All right, and so uh, it we've constantly been going back and forth, like from the first four chapters of Romans back to the Old Testament. We've spent some time oh, a lot in of time. Exodus. We've spent some time in, I mean, a lot of times in Genesis. Leviticus and Genesis. Yeah, gen- mainly here recently, Genesis really 12 through 15, that yeah. part of the narrative. Yeah. And so uh, this past week. I would just I would almost say that you can't understand Gen- uh, Romans 4 if you don't understand Genesis 15. And you can't, under Gen- you can't understand Genesis 15 if you don't understand Romans 4, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, vice versa. What do you always say? To be a master of the New Testament? Yeah, you've got to be a scholar of the Old and vice versa. So <clears throat> my thought is when you think about, this is, this is my most recent impression, and this was hanging with me from Sunday, and obviously the prior two Sundays I've missed, and I've come to know I can't stand listening to sermons. They make me miss the fact that I was not here corporately. And it seems, it seems, what does it seem? It seems, uh, what do they call that when you're like in a lab? Like a guinea pig? No, not a guinea pig. Sterile. Like it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like. There's an old quote that it's like, it's like hearing thunder and not seeing the lightning. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and it pours salt in my wound. And yeah. It made me think of my terrible undisclosed location being behind <laughs> lock and key. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so if you look at Abraham, I think in four it says uh, he did not weaken in faith. Oh yeah, but was strengthened even when he considered his own body. You want to read that? Yeah, I think it's four. I know where it is. I've been staring at it all day. Okay, go for it. Um, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told so shall your offspring be he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb so there's an or yeah I've never locked in on that or yeah so I've always read that like it's one congruent sin- I mean it is oh yeah it's himself and then Sarah yeah it's like yeah. I- I'm considering my body yeah when i look at sarah's womb and these two elderly people <laughs> it ain't happening can't get it yeah. done you yeah. know but really like listening to you know listening to the word and being here on sunday I, I it just it hit me that he was considering his own body when it came to the promise that he would be the father of many nations right right yeah and that to look at the stars and count these stars and you will have sons and daughters innumerable like the stars yeah and so he considers his own body with that promise saying it's for all of these to come to pass i mean i would have to live forever yeah and so like he considers his own flesh and says this flesh although i'm 100 years old like it's not about i guess in the end like it's not about his fertility because later in genesis maybe 22 23 don't hold me to that but he is remarried oh, yeah, after it's, Sarah it's, yeah, it's dies yeah. and you know he lives to I think 175 years old mm-hmm. uh, he 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 marries after uh, Sarah passes away and has other sons it yeah. lists the name of his sons so here's my here's my other moment you know in in Abraham's life I mean obviously in Romans he comes face to face with the reality and the promise of the re- of 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 the resurrection Mm -hmm. right that's the only way that he can lay hold of the means by which he will lay hold of all of the promises of god yeah and when he looks at sarah's womb right he knows that it's barren and genesis goes as far as in 20 when she laughs oh yeah 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 it says that the way of woman had left her yeah it ceased to be with her yeah ceased to be with her Yeah, yeah okay so she considers the barrenness of her womb, yeah. right? And right there, we're faced with, with the, um, you know, you and I talked earlier today. It's like when you look at Mount Moriah, oh yeah, and you look at that, and th- it teaches us in parable form about substitutionary atonement. Yeah, 
And then here with Sarah's womb, right, she comes out of the tent and her womb has been restored. Yeah. Right. So he's the God of the restoration. Abraham yeah. learns that right yeah. away. But here's what I find interesting. Okay. Prior to this experience, there's there's really bookends around Sarah laughing. Prior to her laughing, you have Abimelech. Yeah. And you have Abimelech lay hold of her. And this is when Abraham says, yeah. tell him you're my sister so that they don't try to kill me and yeah. take me and sever our marital relationship so that he can have you as his own. Yeah. And then again, after Sarah laughs, I mean, just on the other, he- I mean, on the heels of that story closing, you have after Sarah laughs, her womb is restored. And we would all agree that her womb has been restored. Yeah, certainly. Rejuvenated, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, And uh, after the, the laughing incident, she comes out of the tent, and on the heels of that, she encounters another Abimelech. I'm not certain if it's the same Abimelech. I would. I, I think Abimelech so. was yeah. like a name like Pharaoh. Yeah. I think it was given to those kingly positions. Mm-hmm. And so you have another Abimelech in the line of Abimelechs. And he lays his eyes on her yeah. as as what she's a hundred, ninety nine. Yeah, she yeah. And he says, "Take her into my harem." Now Lawson, he's a <laughs> pagan. Indeed. Okay, he's a pagan. Looking at visually, and we can sit here and say. The age was different, right? People age differently. Abraham lives to 175. I think Sarah lives to 123. Yeah. And so it's like we can sit there and say perhaps they didn't age as rapidly as we do now. I think that's safe to say, period. It is. It is. But here's where I'm at. A hundred-year-old woman who the way of woman had left her. Yeah. We would all agree that the rejuvenation and the restoration, God's miracle power, is that her womb was restored. Agreed. Here's my argument. Um, Based on Abimelech's encounter, yeah. I think in narrative form, it should make us pause and ask, what else was rejuvenated? Because Abimelech looks at her and finds no reason visually yeah. that she's not able to bear his children. And to take her into his harem as a concubine. Yeah. And so for me, it's like we would all agree that the womb is has been restored, but ultimately, did it stop there? So here's my question. Does Abraham witness when Sarah comes out of the tent of this restoration that the whole body is restored? That she was actually made younger. Yes. Yeah. So I've, so I've told this to several people. Yeah. And you know what I get? What? That is super interesting. I think it's super interesting. Yeah. I can think it's super interesting and disagree. <laughs> yeah. That's like our whole relationship. So our whole what's relationship your, so what's your specific get disagreement? Because it's not it's not explicit in that in what was restored. Yeah, I think so one of my one of my immediate thoughts is um yeah, it's not explicit. First of all, secondly, I think it's interesting that she dies. She dies before Abraham. Mm-hmm. So, like those, those would be my two thoughts. Um, I also, I don't think that her, her particular beauty would be so diminished where a pagan wouldn't invite her into his. What did you call it? A harem. His harem. Yeah, I just I'm unfamiliar with that one. That's a new word for me. Um, As a concubine. That's yeah. What no, a concubine I, I know. I know, but to. I just I. Like a sheltered life. Okay. Overlaid with gold when I was born. So um, I didn't hear these things. So, no, yeah. I mean, I. it's not, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, it's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's, but I, I I, could never, if I were to go and preach that text, mm-hmm. I don't think I could definitively say. You would just say, preach. So here, here's where we Yeah, agree. I would preach we the would rejuvenation of the womb. Preach the restoration Absolutely. rejuvenation yeah, of yeah. the womb. So, certainly. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, so how do you think she fed this baby? No, okay, so I knew you were going to go here. I'm not having this conversation with you on the <laughs> podcast. But, I'm just but, saying. But no, that makes these I, are I think very challenging. I think it's to perfectly it's reasonable to say that the entirety of her reproductive system was completely rejuvenated. Yeah. What that actually appears like in regard to age, I think at the end of this, you still have to say, How old is Sarah? Sarah is mm. 100. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so, like, what that actually appears like, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I, I approach the text. I think it's I think it's wildly informative. I think it's a perspective that, that you know, bears consideration. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately 
we should not lose sight of the passage in the Old Testament and get caught up on debating whether the whole woman or yeah, part of the absolutely. woman was. But I think what we end up agreeing on is it, it teaches us of the God we serve, right? Which absolutely. Is, he is the God of restoration. Yeah. Like, he is actually restoring all things to make them new. Yeah. And so this is, in a sense, it's like what we have, what we have laid hold of, all the promises of God, have not been yet given to me. Yeah. And so I, too, long for the day in which the whole man would be rejuvenated, the whole man would be restored. Mm-hmm. I just think, I think, it's, I think it's wildly... Hopeful. Yes. And, and which is the point of this passage is he hoped against hope. That's right. right. The, the one thing that I think is really helpful from this passage is realizing that Abraham had to be given something more than he possessed mm. so that he could enjoy the promises of God. Mm. Like his, though he lived a quite a long life, mm-hmm. at least especially by today's standards, um, he lived a life that was incapable of actually receiving all the promises mm-hmm. of God. He had to have something bestowed upon him. So a missional community uh, this week, Ephesians 2 came to mind as I was thinking through this because Ephesians 2 is this passage where it walks through death to life, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think we often miss in Ephesians 2, and I think this is, goes back to Ephesians 4, is um, really from verse 4 and following. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him, and raised us up with him, seated, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this verse 7. Mm-hmm. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And so mm-hmm. there's this connecting point, which is like he gives us eternal life so that we can enjoy all his promises. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so th- the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. The promise given to Abraham, and then the two considerations there, the time you're anyway, the promise given to Abraham what is were you say? I'm, I'm, if I'd have not been here. No, I have to, to I have to work through that. Oh, well, yes, that too. <laughs> Um, go ahead. Moment of bone picking. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this man comes in to uh, the pastor's parlor on uh, on Sunday to walk through the sermon Blake preached uh, the previous Sunday, and so we're walking through it. And Don comes in. He's like, "This is what I got." And so he comes in swinging with it. And I'm like, "If you would just listen to the sermon <laughs> from two weeks ago, that. we've already covered this." <laughs> anyway, so um, but that whole concept of I need what God can give me so that I can enjoy his promise. Mm-hmm. Apart from him giving me what I what I need to enjoy his promise, I can never enjoy his mm-hmm. promise. And it goes back to the fact that it's like he has to give me everything mm-hmm. so that I can enjoy it. In salvation from Ephesians 2, and here it's like God makes a promise to Abraham that Abraham ab- has absolutely no ability to mm-hmm. give to himself. Mm-hmm. It's like I consider my own self, this ain't happening. Mm-hmm. I consider Sarah, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. And then God's like, don't worry about it. So how do we, I mean, so think about the parallel to us, right? Yeah. So how do we share? I mean, should we in the same way also consider our own body as Abraham did? Because we're partakers mm. of that promise, right? Yeah. If, if, we, if he sees the stars, yeah. right, are, are we not there by name in promise already? Yeah, we're the stars. And we which long, is what's weird. Yeah, and yeah. we long to see the kingdom come, which yeah. is all of our brothers and sisters would be gathered yeah. together in one, right? And I, when I, you know, Lawson, when I think about it, walking in the footsteps of Abraham, I find this, like, super interesting correlation that everything Abraham questions, yeah, I too question. Yeah. Because it's like, when I consider my It's almost body, like he's the model. It's almost like that. Yep. Why did you say that? Because he's the model. So what does that mean? So, like, this whole section of Romans 4 is like, um, who, who, who am I after? Right. What's the model? What does the righteousness of God by faith look like? And sometimes, you know, in a missional community not too long ago, uh, a precious saint asked the question. So you're so like she was we were working through circumcision at this point, And she said, you know, God gave circumcision knowing about the circumcision of the heart. Mm. And it's almost like the intent was to show you what circumcision of the heart was going to be like mm. through circumcision. Mm-hmm. Right. In this, in a, in the same way, mm-hmm. God set up Abraham to be the model of the one who receives the righteousness of God by faith and by faith alone. Mm-hmm. So precisely that when Paul's dealing with it in the book of Romans and really Galatians as well, a bit later on, mm-hmm. like all of those, all of those objections that would be made 
mm-hmm. about justification by faith alone, God's already canceled or ruled out through the man Abraham. Mm. And so he set Abraham up as the model. He says, if you don't have the faith of Abraham, you don't have a saving faith, mm. um, which is somewhat what we'll deal with Sunday, too. So you know how, um, random thought, so you know how, like, uh, Sheol, like, prior, yeah. to, prior to the resurrection of Christ, is yeah. synonymously always known as Abraham's bosom? The positive side, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why is that? Uh, Do you think there's correlation there to children, bosom, Abraham, and he being the prototypical? Is that fair? That was to a, say? first of all, lovely use of the word prototypical. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think. I think there's. Say if I find my hope in the in, same in his example, the, yeah. looking to yeah. Christ. The sense so like then I belong to the family of God yeah. in the sense of a child, yeah. and all those who belong to Christ. I'm a were son of Abraham. To Abraham, and thus am in his bosom. Yeah, I'm a son of Abraham. Come on. Yeah, and and you know what's interesting about this text from Romans four again is there's this. We, we speak of the righteousness of God by faith. And normally when we do that, we say the righteousness of God comes by faith in Christ alone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, what you actually see here, and this is really odd language, and it's like I've, I've had a couple of conversations around this text, is um, in verse 25, or sorry, in verse um, 24, it says, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. And so it's speaking of faith in... It also says also in there. I love that it uses also, doesn't it? Oh, speaking of oh, that, it was counted to him. It's also counted yes. to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. It runs that parallel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, but the concept here is, you believe the promise of God. Mm. Abraham believed the promise of God to come. Mm-hmm. We believe in the promise of God that has come, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the major. You know, the object's the same, but mm-hmm. we're believing God and mm-hmm. His promises, mm-hmm. and we see those promises come to fruition in the mm-hmm. man Christ Jesus. And and uh, do you think? Do we still share in some element, and maybe not element's a bad way to ask that, do we share with Abraham looking forward together at this point? Yeah, I mean, so Abraham looked forward to the, so maybe I think the text from Second Corinthians would help us here. Um, all the promises of God find their yes and amen in Christ. Mm-hmm. Abraham looked forward to the not yet promise of the promised offspring, right? His near was mm-hmm. Isaac, the not yet mm-hmm. was Christ. So we today are looking, f- so I, let's take the Lord's table, for instance. Mm-hmm. The Lord's table we come to, there is a, a fulfillment in the Lord's table, but the, the Lord's table is interesting because it is both a fulfillment mm-hmm. and itself a um, a shadow. An ordinance. Yeah. And so, like, it's a fulfillment of Passover to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's also a, a promise mm-hmm. that we will eat with him. Mm-hmm. And so I think largely we could look at maybe Abraham's understanding as he looked forward to the promise mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. We partake of Christ the same way that he did, but we look forward to the wedding feast. Mm. And he would have too. Yeah, and so currently right now, I mean, one of the parables that I think about is in the Synoptic Gospels is when uh, Christ says many will come from east and west to dine at the table. Yeah. And do you remember all that he says? Like, it's the key figures that we will dine with? I'm, uh, no, it's, I'm, the, it's always yeah. who is he the God of? Abraham, Abraham Isaac, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. Not, not the dead, Mm-mm. the living. That's right. Yeah. For he is the God of the living. So it seems to me that there's like a parallel correlation that Abraham currently dining at the table awaiting the fruition of that promise right and and i think of hebrews that apart from us they will not be made perfect. yeah yeah and who are they yeah. they are the spirits of the righteous yeah. made perfect around the throne the cloud of witnesses and so it seems to me like what you're saying is hey abraham hoped in the promise of christ to come yeah he has come yeah we look back mm-hmm. in hope that he has in fact come yeah and that he is sovereignly reigning, yeah. but all together, right? We hope mm-hmm. in the in the final yeah. advent of our Lord. Absolutely, I mean, to me, it's almost like all of the kingdom, yeah. simultaneously is hoping in the day of the Lord. Yeah, certainly. And I think it's really an interesting thought when you we think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we always place them in this like different category mm. they're not in a different category right um the day that we're made perfect will be the same day that they're made perfect mm. um, and i think for some reason sometimes we think ah oh, but they're already they're already 
in totality redeemed. Mm. Mm. And there's a yes to that, mm-hmm. that yes, they have been, but... No pain, no suffering. Yeah, yeah, certainly. The so body, they, present they, with the they, Lord. They're present with the Lord. They right. experience many of the glories that are there, but there is right. a glory that's yet to come, right. which is the redemption of the body. Mm. And so, like, Abraham's body's in the dirt. Right. Yeah, like, his bones may be, who knows. Right. But it'll be raised. Mm. And when it's raised, mine mm. will be raised. Mm. The saints from the 1800s will be raised. Mm-hmm. The saints from mm-hmm. 2,500, whatever, um, will be raised. So I think my thought was that standing there for Abraham, considering his own body and looking at the promises, mm-hmm. like he he not only hopes in the offspring, but he hopes in the promises to come, which is the resurrection. Yeah. So this is one of the this is one of the sermons you missed. Okay, um, I went through each of the promises that were this made. This is a referendum on Romans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether I'm here or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some um, of the people that are listening weren't here. Yeah, yeah. So um, the promises that were made was there was offspring, mm-hmm. right? So that offspring, I, I'm convinced in Romans for the beginning of this section, was is not making reference to the one offspring that is Christ, but the offspring that are in him. Certainly. So the, yeah. You can't disconnect those. You can't yeah, that's, what, that's what's really other. difficult yeah, about yeah, preaching yeah. that. I remember <clears throat> before you went down... <laughs> I said, um, you, you looked at me and you said, I don't know, man, that's going to be hard. Have a good one. <laughs> and you hung up on me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's going to be good. So, but, but looking at all those promises, the major promises that he'll be heir of the world, but those break themselves out in land and people and ultimately in the offspring, the promise. Mm. And so how is it that we become heir of the world? Well, that promise was given to Abraham. That mm. promise is given to Abraham's offspring. Mm. And that promise is given to all those who were in Abraham's offspring, mm. which would also be called pink pills. True, True Israel. Israel. The children of God. That's right. Um, all right, so when I'm considering, it looks like we're Weren't getting, we supposed to do a referendum of like all of this? I know, but it seems like we're hyper-focused on Well, I've like been staring at this passage for the last six weeks. Yeah. So. so I think it's what's fresh. Yeah. So uh, when, when Abraham comes face-to-face with all of this, I think there's a verse uh, there on the latter half of four, and Lawson, you're holding your Bible, it says that he gave glory to I God. I love this section. Will you read that verse? Yeah. Um, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God, but he grew But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Mm. Do you want the fully convinced portion? No. Okay. I want to talk about him giving glory to God because you, you just recently said something really interesting about the ordinance that's been established uh, yeah. for yeah. us. So I was asking my MC, my missional community, how do we, right, mm-hmm. give glory to God? If we if if we find that we are walking in the footsteps of faith, yeah. as our father Abraham has laid out, yeah, then we're questioning, right, like he did, but yet we we trust hope against hope of the one who swore, the yeah. one who promised, and we know his word is sure. Yeah. Even though my body is as good as dead. Yeah. You know, even though the tomb is dark and there's no life there, yeah. you know. So, I, I, you know, I begin to, like, synonymously walk through all of this, these same activities, really, that, like, is laid out in mm-hmm. Abraham. And yeah. I reach this conclusion that that he, what an amazing God we serve. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about giving glory to God, I, I don't know how else to express that other than through worship. Yeah. And so I asked my mission community, it was like, as New Testament believers, right, if we find that we synonymously walk through all of these things, how do we, so I guess my question to you is the mm. same for our group. How did Abraham give glory to God? Yeah. And how do we give glory to God? Yeah. And, and, and is that, well, I'll just leave it there and I'll ask you my follow-up afterwards. Well, I think, so the reason I love this passage is because there seems to be a, almost a circle. Um, and the circle that you have here is uh, fully, uh, forgive me, uh, verse 20 but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Mm. And so it's like, first of all, the the war on language has been really successful in the United States of America because faith essentially means nothing now. <laughs> right. Um, the way that I always define it at this point is it's a trust and dependence upon. Mm. Um, and so like, as you give glory to God, you grow in your faith. As you grow in your faith, you give glory to God. And, and and so, like, in working through this, to me, we we grow in our faith. We give glory to God by believing and depending upon his promises, mm. and that's in all capacities. Mm. And so this is—anyway, so the 
Did I ask a really interesting question? No, I'm working. Uh, I, I'm, I've, I've been working through this because that's probably something I'm going to deal with it uh, Sunday a little <laughs> bit. But, but the whole the whole concept is like I remember the day when I understood more about the promises of God. Mm. As I understood more about the promises of God, I gave glory to God. Mm. I rejoiced. And I grew in my faith mm. because the 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 real important concept of faith is like your faith doesn't grow like it's 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 a dependence. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's like mm-hmm. you can't be become more dependent. Instead, you understand the object that you've cast yourself on. Yeah. more. Yeah. I decrease. Yeah. It's like it's like. Oh, what I've realized Did is my hands get any emptier. Yeah, it's like I yeah. have nothing. Like my I got bones left. Right. There's nothing on There's these, nothing. and it's like he supplies all my needs, and I'm like I can be as oh I'm dependent. I need to be more dependent. Mm. I need to cast myself on him all the more. Mm. And as you grow in the knowledge of the object of your faith, then naturally mm. your faith is strengthened. So later in Ephesians, because we're kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit between yeah. Ephesians and Romans four. It, it says that by the cross, right? Yeah. That it was uh, the the uh, ordinances were abolished. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Later so on was, in Ephesians 2. Yeah, so I was thinking through, like, right, when Abraham gave glory to God, like, he didn't gather, in a sense, like, I was thinking through, like, he didn't go to church. Yeah. You know, like, what were the ordinances of obedience that he expressed mm. through the means by which had been prescribed for him to give glory, which is to give worship? So what what did he go and do to give glory to God? Like, we can say he obviously, from the fruit of his lips, acknowledged his name, but yet yeah. we see in the narrative that there are things that he did yeah. that were recorded that were acts of worship that we wouldn't do now because those mm-hmm. ordinances have been abolished, but yet we take up a new ordinance. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. So I've got a couple. I mean, do you have No, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear these, so actually. So he built an altar. Yeah, you see that multiple times. Yeah. You see that multiple times. He dug wells. Yeah. I mean, this is what's crazy. He he says, this is the place. <laughs> this is what I got. Yeah, I'm going to dig a this hole. This is the name of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, he names places. Yeah. And so it's, to me, like acknowledging huh. the name of God. Yeah. In all that he does, seems like it would carry forth obedience. the creation ordinance as well. It would what? It would carry forth the creation ordinance. Certainly, he was going forth. He was naming. He was he was essentially claiming yeah. what was his. Yeah, because he's an heir of the world. Well, and he does circumcision. Absolutely, which is and which isn't uh, now been abolished. Yeah, certainly. Okay, gl- yeah. So those are so we've got he built altars, he dug wells. I mean, it, he the obedience of yeah, so sacrificing. Any, so his, any, well, anytime you lay the word obedience, yeah. right? I think if you see him do something obediently, yeah. it was giving glory to God because it's ultimately an act of worship. Yeah, which is really important because, uh, you know, for some reason, I, I don't know why we do this. There's like, oh, well, I'm going to sanctify myself through um, through doing these things. And it's like, no, 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 no. What he's mm-hmm. doing is he's obeying out of affection. Yes. That's the natural repercussion of believing God. And so, the, you know, one of the things I think I mentioned to you the other day as we were talking about this, like God calls him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Mm-hmm. And the concept of sacrificing his son Isaac is like the greatest perhaps demonstration of belief on the promises of God because as he goes forth to sacrifice Isaac, so I think this is worship. So, like, I think dependence on the Lord Preach. is in and of itself worship. Preach. Um, which obviously carries it outside of the church on Sunday morning and into day-to-day life. That's right. We talk about ordinary obedience here right. often because right. it is worship. Love your wife. Yes. Yes. Worship. And one of my favorite quotes of H.B. Charles mm. is, uh, what is it? Being filled with the Spirit is more revealed by the way you talk to your wife than if you can speak Ooh. in tongue. <laughs> It came out swinging. It's so good. How about um, when you respond to your wife? Oh, Come on, men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but so in in considering that ordinary obedience of worship, he goes to sacrifice his son Isaac. Mm-hmm. And when he goes to sacrifice his son Isaac, he's believing the promises of God so deeply that if the promised one Isaac is dead, he still believes the promises of God. Because he had considered the resurrection. Yeah, he's like, well, God will just raise him from the dead. The only way I'm going to see all these. Yeah. The only way I'm going to see him. Yeah, it's like. Is through resurrection. Yeah. I just did my hand up because seeing all these. All the stars. The stars, yeah, yeah. the children. And, and that, that's, I think, we're going to get to this. So everybody's getting a, a prelude, if you will. But it's like Sunday, dealing with the text here, it's like, oh, well, if Jesus is dead, there's no hope. Mm. But God raises the dead. Mm. 
like, and not only does God raise the dead, raising Jesus from the mm-hmm. dead is an indication that mm-hmm. his substitutionary atonement was satisfactory mm-hmm. because the reality is if Isaac died, he didn't deserve to be raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, when I think about that ordinary obedience mm-hmm. and like the, like the things that we're called, like I think sometimes we can get in like the ethos where it's like, well, my heart is stirred. You know, I'm, I'm doing all things to his glory. But, I, I, but to me, there seems to be some ordinary ordinances that mm. have been set forth, means in which I can actually obediently give glory to God. And okay. I, t- I told you after being absent for two weeks. Oh, yeah. How vital yeah. corporate worship is to my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like God has commanded gather. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I don't necessarily think that we, I mean, I think the worship is the same from Abraham, what he demonstrated in obedience. And so yeah. he's ultimately giving glory to God yeah. through the prescribed means in which God mm-hmm. has set forth. Yeah. Well, now we see here God has set forth. All of those old ordinances have been abolished, and these have been set up. And so why would we deny ourselves mm-hmm. obedience to those things in which God has commanded to do them? Because yeah. they are an act of worship. Yeah. And so I was thinking through, like, so what are those? Like, if you're sitting in my MC, what are those acts, those ordinances? And I would mm-hmm. say baptism yep certainly to witness it and rejoice in it the table of course which all of a sudden now makes perfect sense that abraham is already gathered around the table and we are here getting a foretaste of the table to come yeah and but even even he is waiting for a table yes yes yes. um the ring of the glass is what i always say Uh, raise the glass and if you make a toast all those are there that we're supposed to yeah 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 uh all right so we got baptism we've got um, Lord's table, Lord's table, and we've got the the, the necessity of the gathering of the saints cor- corporately on Sunday. I would add to that okay. the preaching of the word. Cer- uh, certainly, I, yeah. I, I know that's like a like a yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, implied, but for but for certainly. us, it's a duh. Gotcha. Um, and when know, I say gathering corporately on Sunday, that's I think what you're talking everything about. Everything that happens yeah, yeah, under this yeah. roof line is the singing of the word, the preaching yeah. of the word, the reading of the word. And the discussing of the word, just the fellowship. Yeah, and if that stops here, leave. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, like, because, but, but, you know, we we've kind of gone back and forth. Like, this is a conversation we had Sunday after service because you had been gone for two weeks, and I called you and we just chatted for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you said was like, "Yeah, I'd be dead. Like, I'd be spiritually dead. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm dependent upon this. And you know, one of the it's an anchor for the soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that that I think about is. I know this. I'm, I'm not trying to sound conceited or anything like that. I mean, I, but I'm like, how did I live so long apart from all of these things being the focus mm. of Sunday morning? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think about growing up and look, I, I had, I had pastors that loved me. I mean, I'm, I'm not shooting at anybody or anything like that, but I think that dependence aspect, like one of the reasons that we preach the way we do here is because we don't think we're clever. Mm. It's like, Oh no, 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 no. I have, I, one of the things Blake prayed on Sunday morning, I think, was was like, we want, we, we want what's true, mm-hmm. right? That needs to be what, what's mm-hmm. proclaimed. The only authority that I have and the only authority that anyone who's mm-hmm. preaching on Sunday morning has is in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So when I hear, and I'm just going to say this perhaps and be a, a bit obtuse, but if you're somewhere where the Bible isn't preached over you, if you don't look down at your Bible on a mm-hmm. regular basis while mm-hmm. the person is preaching because he's pointing you back to it, find a different mm-hmm. church that will mm-hmm. feed you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not I was, and not swapping the the plate. What's the content on the plate too? I think is important yeah. because if you're not growing deeper in understanding yeah. the proclamation of the word, what has been promised, yeah. and and what is to come, yeah. and all that you have access to, like I. No, I, I, so I think of the Lord's table in particular. Mm. It's like, so when I think about the dependence on the Lord, I thought, I thought about the Lord's table uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking to myself, you made a comment that I don't, you said, I don't remember ever partaking of the Lord's table. Yeah, I can't recall it. I remember, I, I, I don't know if I like specifically remember everyone here, but I remember multiple Certainly. having a lasting yeah, impact. I have a legacy memory here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'll, I'll remember it much later. Yeah, I worship. Yeah, That's exactly. Why. And so let's go back to sanctification, and let's remember, brothers and sisters, that the will of God for your life is your sanctification. That's not my opinion. That's the Bible. Mm. Um, and if we see in this particular text in Genesis that Abraham uh, grew in faith as he gave glory to God, I think that's a very clear statement he of sanctification. Romans. Sorry, what did I say? Genesis. Uh, yeah. Um, 
but but same thing in Genesis. Certainly, you yeah. see him grow in his knowledge of the Creator, mm. the knowledge of his God, mm. and he obeys and he mm. delights in fellowship mm. with him, and he gives glory to God and he grows in his faith. Mm-hmm. If you're not growing in sanctification through the gathering of the saints, if the word of God going out, if the observation of the table, if they're not encouraging you to... If you're not a participant. If you're not a participant, good word. And you're not being stirred up to love and good works outside of the congregation. Mm -hmm. Obedience, delight in Christ, Mm -hmm. all of those things that Mm -hmm. Abraham did. There's a problem. Mm -hmm. And you should not expect... Mm -hmm to grow in your faith mm. because you're being essentially pushed out of giving mm. glory to God in the ordinary means that he's prescribed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's just, it, so I've been working through this because I, I've had a couple of conversations the last few months over, you know, that period of time that we shut down and it's kind of like, would I do it again? I don't want to play the 2020 vision game or, or whatever, but you know, it's like, Praise the Lord, we didn't kill anybody here, mm. but we could have. Mm. Like, and I, and I don't mean from COVID. I mean, like, we told, we said, hey, let's let's not go, let, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what, what, what are we, what are we really thinking mm-hmm. through here? I, I you know, I, and we, I don't know. Yeah, if I mean, we've talked about yeah. you know, growth and hindsight as they always. Yeah, say, yeah, absolutely. Twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, ultimately, I think what was you know bearing down on. Uh, in the headlines was it, it seemed to be a real and present threat. Oh, yeah, everybody was going to die. Yeah, but, yeah. It, but at this point in hindsight, it's like I definitely think, you know, uh, you shouldn't have thrown, nor should we throw caution out, out the window. Of course not, yeah. But but I yeah. do think, like, understanding for the saint, right, yeah. the necessity of the ordinary means of God's grace yeah. and the ordinances, you know, that's yeah. what that's what really what we talked about is, and, and to me, this is what's so interesting is like that Abraham gives glory to God through the through the prescribed means. Normative. The ord- yes, the ordinances yeah. that God had set forth. He's all the while looking uh, forward to the day of Christ and rejoicing thereof, looking for, forward to the day. Yeah. And then for us, it's like, you know, you, you get here and all of a sudden the big conversation we had the whole time was it's been forever since we had the table. Yep. That was the that was the, the conversation. Driving, so yep. just for people that don't know, the driving force to get back yep. was the table. Yep. It was we we've we've tried to give you something to cover the preaching and yep. the singing, but it's not it's not a replacement. It was what I said yep. every uh, every no, time. Yep. But what what we all knew that we could not fabricate or yep. recreate. It had to be corporately on Sunday mm-hmm. here amongst the members, and we needed participants. Is we the the ordinance the, the table you yep. know and for me it's like you know I think about the detriment right yeah. long term just being absent two weeks and and as providence would have it I yeah. missed the table I you did missed yeah ta- the table on and you Easter. were big sad certainly I yeah. was yeah because for me like I I look at that and say I think it's one of the very special uh, yeah means by which we enter into um, you know, worship. Yeah, it's one of those um, levels of intimacy inside of the church that that I think we do a great disservice to when we treat it like it's common. Like mm-hmm. I almost think about it inside of like the like temple language. Mm-hmm. It's not an uncommon. Like it, it's a holy thing, right? And so it needs to be treated as such, right. and not as an as a common or mm-hmm. even an uncommon thing. Mm-hmm. So all of those stars. So kind of yeah. maybe centering us and getting ready to conclude. All of those stars that Abraham saw. Yeah. Will dine at the true table. Yeah, all yeah. of those heirs of Abraham—they're heirs of the world. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that heir—that being an heir of the world—will be consummated by the wedding feast of the Lamb. Amen. Yeah. So here below, when we participate at the table as children of God, one of the stars, one of yep. the heirs. What are we? I mean, what are we reminding ourselves of? Of God's promises. Come on, bro. Yeah, I mean, it, and and it's all of them. All of them. Yeah, and it's like, if you think about it, Abraham had many promises, but all of the Old Testament develops more and more and more and more of the promises of God that all find their fruition in Christ. And then Christ says, come and eat at this table and remind yourself of the promises mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And that as la- long as you eat at this table, you do this in remembrance. death until yeah. I return. And that language of remembrance. Yeah. You know, one of the, 
something I've been thinking through in regard to just the spiritual well-being of a congregation mm-hmm. is throughout the Old Testament, remembrance always preceded revival. Mm-hmm. And it's like, perhaps it is that God ordained a table for us to come to regularly for remembrance, to mm-hmm. keep our souls well-fed. Mm. in remembering and and in remembering having our souls vivified mm. by those ordinary means of grace something mm. with baptism like I, sometimes we move baptism into a different category because it's a it's an entrance into the covenant and this is like the glad partaking of what is what is mm-hmm. given right in the covenant but like and i actually had someone stop me i think it was most precious man and he said you know how we do at the table, like we have like a sermonette before. Mm-hmm. He said, I'd be fine with that for baptism. Mm-hmm. And I was like. A proclamation of the waters. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, and, and, and somebody else says to me, so like, bro, like on Sunday, I'm there as long as you have me. Like, I'm not, I'm good. <laughs> like, I, 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 I said, yeah, but if we had a Lord's table and a baptism day at the same time, he was like, I don't know what else you got to do. Maybe that would just be our proclamation of the word. No. Nah. No. Nah. Nope. Uh, the Sunday you were out, I said we had four. We had four sermons. Did I tell you this joke? Uh-uh. Our four sermons. I think the ordinances preach. Certainly. Yeah. So we had baptism. We had Blake's preaching of the Lord's table. Right. Then we had the Lord's table. Nice. Then we had the sermon. Nice. And so if we do it this way, we'll have five. That's right. Bigger time. All right. So in conclusion, I have a Bible verse. It's Galatians four twenty-eight. I knew you were gonna do this one. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. So with that, I'd like to thank my fellow elder Lawson Harlow for the time spent today discussing the referendum on Romans and four. the huh? The referendum on Romans four. Yeah, certainly. And <laughs> the soon to come rendezvous with the rendezvous yes. and the referendum thereof. Yes. My brother and my friend. Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs>